Hello, you are listening to Season 1, Episode 10 of Bourbon Reviews. On this week's episode, uh, we have some bourbon trivia for the season finale. Reminder, as always, feel free to reach out to me on the social media accounts. Bourbon Reviews is on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, before I get started with this uh, season finale episode here, I wanted to say I heard some feedback recently uh, from some of my listeners on some suggestions for improvements. Uh, first thing is, I, um, you know, at that intro part, uh, I used to, you know, do kind of a voice change, a deeper voice uh, for my opening narration. Uh, you probably noticed that. Maybe you thought, you know, it sounded weird or whatever. I was trying to be funny when I did that, but evidently it came across more weird than funny. So I will no longer be doing that. Uh, also, by doing that, the volume should hopefully make it easier to hear and understand me because when I do the lower voice, for whatever reason, I seem to speak a little bit quieter, too. Uh, next, I'm going to turn down the volume for the Bourbon of the Week music. I originally made it extra loud so as to resemble that of like a WWE walk-up song. Imagine the glass shattering as Stone Cold Steve Austin struts in, but apparently I missed the mark on that, too. Evidently, it's more annoying for people to have to turn it down when that happens and doesn't necessarily make it more entertaining or exciting. So that music will be normalized down so as not to be so loud. Uh, reminder, like I said, always look for suggestions, ways to improve. So if you have other suggestions, please share them. I wanted to explain those changes that I've made or will be making with Season 2 uh, because those are some obvious ones. There have also been uh, some subtle changes I've actually made over uh, the first couple episodes, first 10 episodes here that maybe aren't as noticeable, but they were listener suggestions as well. So uh, thank you to those people for helping out. Um, but sit back and enjoy this episode of Bourbon Reviews. everyone let's end this season of the first season here of bourbon reviews with some bourbon trivia some of these questions will refer back to our previous topics of cocktails grains yeast oak char levels age climate storage bourbon economics bourbon celebrities etc i may also try to get some other questions put in here to throw you off some may be multiple choice some may just be short answer okay so right now I have, let's see here, a little over 10 questions. I think I've got 12 right now. Might try and come up with some more as we're going here. Just kind of, you know, got some planned out, but want to do some on the fly. So keep track of how you do here. If uh, anybody out there gets a perfect score, please tweet at me or let me know after you take this quiz here. Uh, like I said, some will be multiple choice, some will be short answer. And then uh, we'll finish up with a bourbon of the week to end season one, take a few weeks off, and uh, get some research done for my future episodes. Okay, number one, hopefully this is an easy one to start off our quiz for bourbon trivia. What grain needs to make up at least 51% of the bourbon mash bill? Is it A, rye, B, wheat, C, corn, or D, barley? Again, that question is, what grain needs to make up at least 51% of the bourbon mash bill? Rye, wheat, corn, or barley? I'll give you a second to think about that one. Hopefully that one didn't take you too long. The answer is, of course, corn. We learned that early on. I believe that was episode two. 
needs to be 51% of the mash bill. All right, number two, what country does the spirit need to be made in to be considered bourbon? A, Canada, B, USA, or C, Mexico? What country does it need to be made in to be considered bourbon? Canada, USA, or Mexico? Hope that was another easy one for you. The answer, of course, is the United States. Got to be made in America. All right. Number three. How many seconds does the inner part of the barrel need to be burned in order to receive a level four char? A, 35 seconds. B, 45 seconds. C, 55 seconds. D, 65 seconds. How many seconds does it need to be burned in order to receive a level four char? 35, 45, 55, 65. Okay, again, hopefully you remember that one from a previous episode. That was 55 seconds to receive that level four char or that alligator char. Number four, what is the highest proof bourbon can be distilled at? 125, 130, 160, 165. What's the highest proof it can be distilled at? 125, 130, 160, or 165. Okay, the answer for that one, 160. Okay, they don't distill it higher than that because they believe that starts to take away some of the flavor, and that's more like your neutral spirits, like a gin or vodka, I believe, that are above that 160 at distillation. <clears throat> Number five, what is the highest proof bourbon can enter the barrel at? 125, 130. 135, 140. What's the highest proof it can enter the barrel at? 125, 130, 135, or 140? The answer is 125. All right, last one here on the proof. What is the lowest proof bourbon can be bottled at? 60, 80, 100, or 120? Lowest proof it can be bottled at? 60, 80, 100, or 120? Answer for that one, 80, okay? It's the lowest it can be to be considered bourbon. Jim Beam White Label would be a 80 proof, Basil Hayden's, and many more. Okay, number seven. Kentucky has a smidge over 4 million people. How many barrels are there for every person in the state? One, two, three, or four. So is there 4 million, 8 million, so on, Okay. How many barrels are there for every person in the state of Kentucky? Again, there's 4 million people there. The answer is two. There are two barrels, nearly two barrels for every person in the state of Kentucky. Two, two barrels of bourbon. Number eight, what percent of every bourbon bottle goes to taxes and fees? You might remember some of this, and I don't know if this exact number was said um, during our conversation with Mike Rogers, but... We talked a lot about the fees and taxes that go with it. So what percent of every bottle goes to taxes and fees? Is it 50, 60, 70, or 75? The answer for that one, 60%. Nearly 60% of every bottle goes to taxes and fees. There are several different taxes that go with it. Number nine, bourbon technically doesn't have an age requirement, but in order for it to be considered straight bourbon, what is the minimum number of years it must age? One, two, three, or four. Doesn't technically have an age requirement, 
but in order for it to be considered straight bourbon, what's the minimum number of years? One, two, three, or four? The answer for that one, two. Must age at least two years to be considered straight bourbon. All right, what does bottled in bond mean? This one might throw some of you off. I, I don't remember if we talked specifically about this, but I've had some people ask me that question, and actually it'll come up with our bourbon of the week here in a little bit. What does bottled in bond mean? So you're probably trying to formulate some sort of short answer here. There's going to be some key points here. Give yourself credit if you get a good chunk of this. This first part is just a little bit of history. To protect distillers and consumers from diluted, blended, and bootlegged products, the U.S. government passed the Bottled and Bond Act in 1897. Okay? Now here's the important part. What that states was that the liquor must be the product of one distiller from one distillery using products from one distillation period. Okay, that's the main point you need to have if you're trying to keep score here. One distiller, one distillery, one distillation period. Okay, the bottles then were stored in federal warehouses for four years under strict supervision by extremely trustworthy individuals. Okay, so those three ones, one distiller, one distillery, one distillation period, as well as four years, makes it bottled and bond. Okay, where does the name bourbon originate from? Okay, the bourbon were French royalty who came to power in the 16th century and eventually ruled over France, Sicily, Spain, Luxembourg, Parma, Naples, and so on. Mostly thanks to, what does this say? Oh my god. Dragons and strong leadership of Khaleesi. Yeah, right, that's a, definitely like a Game of Thrones reference. I tell you, some of these sources where I pull this information from. No, in all seriousness though, it did come from... French royalty, and in the 1780s, Thomas Jefferson offered farmers 60 acres of prime Kentucky real estate to grow crops of native origin. He called the area Bourbon County in honor of the French contribution to the American Revolutionary War. Uh, so that is where bourbon comes from, and uh, we've heard some of the history of, you know, when they would go down the river to get to New Orleans or whatever, people say, hey, bring some more of that bourbon. It was from Bourbon County. And so the spirit started taking on that name as, as bourbon because it was coming from Bourbon County, which took up uh, a large portion of Kentucky at one point or another. Okay? Next one. What is the suggested retail price for Pappy Van Winkle? We know it can go for ridiculous amounts of money, thousands upon thousands of dollars. But what is the suggested retail price for Pappy Van Winkle? The answer for that one? $300, okay? So top dog bourbon probably out there that everybody's searching for. The most you really should be paying per the suggested retail price is $300. But I know people are definitely willing to spend a lot more than that. So, but to each their own. Okay, next question. What famous celebrity released a bourbon during the pandemic called Sweeten's Cove. This is not a celebrity we talked about during the episode, so this is one maybe you're just going to have to, if you pay attention to pop culture. What celebrity released a bourbon during the pandemic called Sweeten's Cove? The answer, Peyton Manning. Okay, Peyton and some of his friends, it's a Tennessee whiskey. Uh, there's not, you know, I don't know all the details on it just yet, but... Uh, um, 
yeah, Sweeten's Cove. I think it's a pretty expensive bourbon, um, but that's who released that one is Peyton Manning. Okay, on to our next question. Referring back to some of our storage and climate stuff. Which molecule is smaller? The water molecule or the alcohol molecule? Which, al which molecule is smaller, alcohol or water? The answer to that one, water. We learned this during that episode where water can actually escape through the barrels, thus making the alcohol content of some of those barrels higher than when they originally entered the barrel. And our last question before we get to the bourbon of the week, going back to our episode on yeast and fermentation. Okay, Dion helped us with that one. How many yeast strands does Four Roses have? How many yeast strands does Four Roses have? Answer, two. Remember we talked about their two yeast strands and they have five different mash bills allowing them to make all those different products and combine those products to make a lot of different things. Okay, total up how many you've got, correct, and uh, make sure and send me those scores, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, okay, let me know how you did. Hopefully you did pretty good. Okay, well, let's get to it. Let's end Season 1 with the Bourbon of the Week. This week's bourbon, Cedar Ridge, bottled in bond. Okay, so we learned about bottled in bond. One distiller, one distillery, one distillation season, four years. So, and it's 100 proof. Okay, Cedar Ridge bottled in bond is 100 proof. Age four years, this is the number three release, the 777th bottle. Okay, and let's see what it says here on the back. From our home amidst the world's most fertile soil, each handcrafted batch of our whiskey takes on the character of Iowa's people, land, and climate. We crafted this special bottle and bond Iowa bourbon whiskey to celebrate one decade since the release of Iowa's first bourbon after Prohibition. This act, passed in 1897, serves to regulate the quality of whiskey. It has to be aged in our federally bonded warehouse for at least four years at 100 proof. Enjoy. Shout out to Mike Rogers for picking up this bottle of bourbon for me. He also picked up a bottle of that Slipknot Number 9 Reserve that I'm looking forward to trying here soon. So uh, if you'll remember, we did a review of the Slipknot Number 9. Uh, you know, so hopefully uh, the 9 Reserve is just as good, if not better. So let's do our review of this bourbon of the week, Cedar Ridge Bottled and Bond. On the nose. Definitely some vanilla. Some cinnamon. When I poured this a little earlier, because I was, you know, drinking it a little bit before we actually got to the review, I'll be honest, when I first poured it, it was very alcohol forward. Um, and maybe it just needed to kind of breathe a little bit to get some of that out of there. It's, going back to it, it's definitely mellowed out a little bit. But I think if it was your first drink of the day, and if you drank it right after you poured it, I think you'd get some of that alcohol right off the nose. Taste. 
Then put some corn in there. I said Iowa corn. It is spicy though. Uh, the mash bill on this, let me double check this one here, is, oh goodness, where are we at? Bottle to bottom, there we go. 74% corn, 14% malted rye, and 12% malted barley. Okay, so, but it's pretty spicy for that 14% rye. Again, we would consider this a traditional bourbon, or at least for this show, I would. But, uh, you know, some might consider that a high rye content. Not near as much as, say, like the Slipknot one, which is like 30-some percent uh, rye. But, yeah, definitely spicy. Um, when I go back and nose and taste that again, it's definitely got like a baked goods feel to it. There's some sort of, you know, spiced baked good that I'm getting off of that. And then, of course, on the finish, I get that oak, woody, you know, taste. But I definitely, you know, I get a little, like, leather in there, too, which is an interesting aftertaste. But I will say this. You know, I like the original Cedar Ridge, but this one is considerably better. I would definitely give this a so good stamp of approval. I look forward to tracking down the cask strength one at some point. Because I've heard really good things about that one. But uh, this one is really good. And I think uh, for the money, it was 50 bucks. Uh, you can't go wrong with this one. I think Cedar Ridge and other Iowa bourbons are really starting to try and find their own way. And might be able to someday start competing with Kentucky bourbons. I know one thing I stated at the beginning of the season is we, ha we aren't there yet. And it, it might still be a few years down the road. Uh, but it might be here quicker than we think, too. So... But that is definitely a so good bourbon. I recommend tracking that one down if you can. But uh, I guess, you know, thank you again for listening in. This has been season one of Bourbon Reviews, the podcast. Like I said, I'm going to take a few weeks off and we'll get started back up. Uh, I have some ideas, but if you have any suggestions on ways to improve or just topics uh, that I can cover I would definitely be willing to do that, even if they're just brief questions, too, that won't take up a whole episode, but maybe I answer them right at the beginning of the episode or at the end of the episode. We'll definitely be willing to do that and do some research for you. So uh, I guess until next time, until season two, may you always enjoy a bourbon that is so good.